Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who doesn't know anything about anime, Malcolm Cloud. So for those just joining in, each week I select an anime series from Malcolm to watch and a number of episodes that best showcase that series strength. And last week's anime was Dr. Stone. Malcolm, what did you think of Dr. Stone? You know what? Dr. Stone was a little better than I expected. I wasn't, I didn't have any expectations going into it. Like I, like I don't have any expectations going into anything except for maybe Dragon Ball because so many people were like, you haven't seen Dragon Ball. Um, but yeah, it, it was fun. I, it was, it was more fun than it should have been. Um, and I'm going to say this right now. I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than this piece of shit. You didn't like uh, what the fuck? Oh <laughs> shit! We're getting shots fired. We're getting shots fired, man. This is going to be yeah. a heated episode. This is going to get heated. <laughs> this is going to get heated. Uh, Join us is uh, Robert Delilah and Robert. My understanding was you picked this show, didn't you? I originally I had read the manga for it before I ever watched the anime. I think as I've gotten older, I've kind of tended more to manga because it's kind of an on my time sort of basis thing, and I don't have to deal with some questionable voice acting or anything like that. <laughs> and so I suggested this just because it's it seemed like something new that you guys really hadn't done before, kind of just genre-wise. Yeah, we haven't really done an isekai thing. Um, and isekai isn't a genre I dabble in a ton, but uh, I, I enjoyed the show quite a bit, which is why I'm already... Mal- Malcolm has already prepared me for some people <laughs> moment. I've loved the concept. Is I've always loved the concept of isekai. We we are talking about that time I got reincarnated as a slime. So so let's discuss the origins of the series. Uh, the series that started off as a light novel series written by the author, only known as Fuse. Uh, there's nothing known about Fuse. Uh, age, uh, presumably the gender is male, but other than that, uh, don't don't know much about Fuse. <laughs> he pulled. He published it on the Japanese user-generated novel publishing website known as, I'm not pronouncing that, it's, the English title is Let's Become a Novelist, is what the website is called. So it's kind of this uh, website where uh, people can just publish their own novels uh, for free. And the series was serialized between February 2013 and January 2016, and Micro Magazine would publish the series as a light novel in 2014 with artist Mitzvah providing the illustrations. A manga would follow in 2015, illustrated by Taika Kawakami, and published in monthly Shonen Sirius, and it is still ongoing. On top of that, there are two spin-off manga called That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, The Ways of the Monster Nation, and The Slime Diaries, That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, that launched in 2016 and 2018, respectively, and they are also still ongoing. Uh, Malcolm, this light novel series has sold over 4.5 million copies, and the manga adaptation has sold over 24 million. I don't get it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess if you're like um, a child uh, that's unsophisticated, Ooh, um, this is you... certainly more geared towards younger adults. You know, being generous. I'm going to be honest. I was excited, kind of going into this. I was like, oh, this is a, such a weird title. I was expecting something funnier than it is. Um, I almost wanted it weirder than it is. Like it almost feels like not weird enough for my liking. Um, and I think I, I guess I just didn't really know what I was expecting. But I just what what I watched, I did not like. I did not enjoy it. And <laughs> this was like on a level that was rivaling, in my opinion. And Jack, you're not gonna like this. Uh, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. 
Like this was I mean, like I, like I said, I don't think we picked the good Gundam shows yet. I, so I love. It. I do love. Appreciate yeah, that you're uh, still defending that. Uh, you're like well, it wasn't the watch, right we episode. Gotta watch good Gundam. We gotta watch good Gundam. I, I, There's I, a lot of Gundam though. So good versus bad. It's a little hard to parse. Okay, I guess I get that. I will. I'm open to more Gundam. I just wasn't a fan of that Gundam. There yeah, you know. fair enough. But yeah, I, that's shocking. I can't believe this is as popular as you just said it was. <laughs> it's very oh, popular, yeah, man. Yeah, it's incredibly popular. It's geared towards younger adults. And then, like, it's a type of specific genre. Very popular. Exploded. Oh, my God. In the last 10 or 15 years, it is like almost every other manga or, you know, uh, Japanese um, IP comes out. It's an isekai. What does that mean? What does isekai Okay, that's mean? important. That's a good explanation. Robert, I'm going to give you the reins for Isekai because Isekai is oh, actually a genre I tend uh, to avoid, honestly. I, I haven't watched Sword Art Online. Uh, I, oh, neither have I. I Jesus. So, <laughs> okay, uh, what, what's your Isekai experience? Because, yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar. I didn't even do like a little Isekai write-up. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to you, bro. You, you get to be the expert for this. The isekai is an interesting genre. It, it's actually not exactly anything new. The word isekai in Japanese, the two kanjis mean other world is the general thing. And it's really when you say the, the kanji that means other in that is more of just a fantasy kind of thing. Oh, this is something mystical or weird. And so isekai is just other world, meaning the main characters usually are sent one way or another to a fantasy world. It is very broad genre. There are a lot of different Western IPs that could be considered isekais. I mean, besides just not being Japanese. One of my favorites uh, that I've read before of the Western version of this would be the Chronicles of Thomas Covenant. If you've ever read that, I probably not many people are listening. But it's a book series by Stephen R. Donaldson where a guy gets leprosy and his wife divorces him and he's hit by a car and then is transported into a fantasy world. It ended up being like a 20-book series. But that hit by the car was what struck me in terms of isekai because that is incredibly common, so much so that like they have kind of uh, humanized the cars that hit the protagonists, the cars and trucks, and they call them truck-coon. <laughs> and it's, it's, oh, I know it, that thing, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a meme. And that's like, you know, this is, you know, one way or another, a lot of these characters get sent to these fantasy worlds by, you know, dying. Dying or being reincarnated. And this is what happens in, you know, the time I got reincarnated as a slime. And it's such a, it's kind of such a broad genre. It's mostly just people in modern society, either Japanese, Western, whatever, being reincarnated, transported into other worlds. And there's something very popular in video games, which is why this these kind of series are so popular with young adults. It's because, you know, oh, we summon the hero to defeat the Demon King, a la every single JRPG, you know, at least, you know, in the last 30 years. And such is so East Guys, incredibly broad genre. A lot of the times, like with this one, the, the actual name of them will be super long. Like there are some that are just like, a freaking paragraph. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. But yes, um, and that's really that's really isekai. It's not very complicated, but it's certainly grown in popularity and it has a lot of male appeal. Usually there will be attractive women, overly powerful character, main characters, and that's 
And it, it's a power fantasy. Let's not chalk it up as anything else, but sometimes a good old classic power fantasy can be quite enjoyable. This one is a little more unique in the fact that the main character is, you know, it's a, he's, he's a slime. He's not very gendered, and there's a lot of, you know, harem sort of, or harem or harem uh, sort of, oh, get the girls, when actually he's almost like a mascot character. So it's a little bit of a subversion of the genre. Okay. I didn't know that. And Malcolm, I know you've seen one other isekai, which is The Wizard of Oz, because that is an isekai. That is, is an a- isekai. That's true. Uh, now, it, it, Wizard of Oz, even the American version, is isekai. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When when Robert was describing that, I was like, I was thinking Wizard of Oz. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like Wizard of Oz. I guess the other one would be, there's that star show, uh, Outlander. I feel like yes, that's Outlander okay. works. I think that works. It's like, I feel, it sounds like it's like any time where it's like, oh no, I'm not in my time period. And then you like go on an adventure, like an almost, it's like, that. but you don't like return. It doesn't sound like you ever return. Sometimes you return it. I mean, there, but I mean, sometimes the worlds are just so cool that why would you want to go back? <laughs> but it's funny where you're talking about time. Time actually plays a big deal in isekai in some specific genres because like, um, like you know, very classic manga. Live, uh, all you need is kill. Oh, That's yeah. technically an isekai. Technically, okay. because it's 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 someone getting in like a fantasy situation or a new world. I.e., every single time you die, time repeats itself. And you know that's and you know that got an American ad- adaptation, and that was originally inspired by a novel called Replay by a guy named Ken Grimwood. And it's, Is, it's uh, I have a question for you: Is Groundhog Day the classic Bill Murray movie? Is that isekai? That it, that would be an isekai. Yes, technically, it's a very broad genre. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Also, I have a question. Is the movie that ta- the all the adaptation of All You Need Is Kill is the movie titled Live Die Repeat or uh, Edge of Tomorrow? Because I feel like people got the tagline of that movie incorrect. They everyone everyone was like, "Oh, the tagline's Edge of Tomorrow, and it's called Live Die Repeat." No, I'm, no, it's, I'm, it's flipped. You know, it's, it's a bad title. It's a bad title. bad titles. What was wrong with All You Need Is Kill? <laughs> all You Need Is Kill is cool. I this love it. Cool. Edge yeah, of Tomorrow actually, is one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies. Oh, it's a great one. But um it's one of my it's a very enjoyable movie. The one of the things with uh Live Die Repeat or the actual way it is is it was released as Edge of Tomorrow colon Live Die Repeat, but then on the DVD version it was just Live Die Repeat. So I thought that was very odd. Yeah, that's what I was making the point of where I was just like this is um this I can't believe they couldn't figure out the title. <laughs> Yeah, they still were tweaking it after the DVD release. Uh, so the anime of of Slime, I'm not saying the full title anymore. We're just going to call it Slime. Season two debuted in January of 2021, and on top of that, the Slime Diaries spinoff had an anime adaptation that was released in April of this year too. So yeah, the uh, as of this recording, season two is still ongoing. Uh, but by the time this comes out, it'll probably be finished. Few said that he initially wrote that time I got reincarnated as a slime purely for the fun of it which allowed him to fill the story with everything he wanted to do. However, his lack of attention to pacing and structure posed difficulties for him when it came to adapting the novel into an anime. He said that the anime gave him an opportunity to re-examine the structure of the series as a whole and decide which scenes were important to keep. And uh, that's the end of my history segment. Uh, Fuse 
Hughes doesn't give a lot of interviews. Who knows? I mean, it's so popular, right? So many people are brainwashed yeah. by this. Oh, brainwashed. Wow. We definitely know your opinion. I think for one thing, just based on, first of all, Malcolm doesn't have good taste in video games. Let's get this out of the way. Uh, Malcolm, doesn't play, Malcolm doesn't play JRPGs. So I think this is probably why Malcolm did not get this as much as maybe uh, you or I, Robert. I'm a huge JRPG guy. I've, I've been playing even more garbage ones lately because, again, I'll, I'll take JRPGs over, over the fascist propaganda of Call of Duty. I'm not even playing Call of Duty. Uh, never, never let them down that they cast, like, Kevin Spacey a year before he got canceled. Yeah, no, I think that I think a series. Um, let's just kind of get into it. This this the very first scene is is very different from what I expected. Uh, I have watched the entire first season. I haven't watched any of the second season because oh, my my time is more limited. Um, no, this the very first scene is pretty pretty out there. It it looks like World War Two era Japan, and I'm it's, pretty sure it is. Yeah, yeah, it's World War Two era Japan, and this girl she's. She's, you know, uh, running away from just burning buildings. She can't find her family, and uh, she gets warped. And uh, Malcolm, what were, what was your reaction to watching this opening? Um, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, the scene happens so quickly. Like that's that, and the the next scene that follows it are the two most interesting things that happen in about three episodes. So, uh, oh, that's not true. That's not true. There is one moment I think in the third episode that I was like. I was like, okay. But I'm like also going, I don't know who this is for anymore. So Yes, I would agree with that assessment. But yeah, like one chapter in the manga was like one and like seven eighths of an episode. Okay. So it's pretty like spot on with the pacing of the manga. Okay. That's yeah. I guess yeah, it is set up. Like we find out more about the character who vanishes like several episodes down the line. So yeah. we shouldn't, well, when we get back to it, it makes sense. But yeah, the next one is like, what is it? We flash for, or we yeah, we like flash forward. We just go with four. Yeah. We just, yeah. we meet him, the main character. Yeah. Satoru. And he's, he's just your average 37 year old man who has no girlfriend. Well, that he's a, vir- a, yeah, he's a virgin. <laughs> I gotta say, I appreciate that they, instead of making it a high school student, which is the, yes, always the standard, <laughs> they were like, let's do 37, which is such an obscure like age. It's like, you're 30, he's 37, he's a 37 year old virgin, and that's the guy who's the slime. Like, yeah, like that's, that's him. So that, and that's where I was like, okay, I, I was like, this is good, this is gonna be fun. Like, okay, we have this is again, 37 year old virgin. And at some point, he's going to become a slime. I was in. I was just also surprised by how quick this, like, the the death scene happens. Um, because it's just, like, they're walking down the street. He's walking down the street with his two friends who I until, I mean, they could have been in high school or not. I don't think they are, which, thank God. No, um, they're just, co- they're co-workers. They're co-workers. His two friends seem to be, like, dating, right? They're, like... Or, like, he has a crush on her. I was confused by the relationship. The main thing was that uh, that he, the younger, his, I guess, Kohai is the Japanese for it, his, uh, his underling got himself a girlfriend and it was showing, him off, showing her off to uh, his new boss. Is kind of the, the dynamic there. Some crazed guy, he's got a knife. 
He's like running down the street. He's going to stab the girl for reasons. Do do we ever find out why they uh, he, she try was going to be killed? I don't think so. Was it a mugging gone wrong, or was it just like was this an incel? Was this like? <laughs> Oh, no. The guy was bald. He was wearing a dirty hoodie, and he had a knife. Very well, incel-y, in my opinion. Random knife attacks aren't exactly uncommonplace in Japan. It is a thing that happens. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, they don't have guns, so they can't commit mass yeah. shooting. Yeah, they're they're not with me down yeah. here in the hell in the hellscape of of you know the United States. Yeah, I'm still looking for a good guy with a gun. I'm always just like, I'm out there. I'm like, where's the good guy with a gun? Because you haven't done shit. None, no, of, none no. of these good guys with guns are doing anything. So, but yeah, he he goes and he's you know he gets stabbed and he just lays out on the floor dying. Uh, there's people around him and he like like at some point there's some sort of like robotic or like heavenly force where he's just like talking. He's like talking to someone. Like I didn't know who the voice was because they never established it. I was like, I, for a second, I'm like, is he in like the Elon Musk, um, you know, era of like simulation? Like, is this God? Is this some sort of like, you know, God-like spirit? I doesn't, it didn't, it's meant to answer. be vague. It's meant to be vague. Yeah. He's not I, having a conversation with Starlink as far as I'm aware. Buddha. This is Buddha. Um, I, I would assume this is something we, we would learn about towards the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe. So, yeah, and then he goes, he gets, you know, he dies out. He's like, oh, it's so hot or it's so cold. I don't know. He was making different commands. And then, like, you know, he fades out. His friend, he's just like, delete the things on my computer. Which I think, <laughs> which respect. I'm like, I respect that. I think that's something, like, I would be like, destroy the computer like no one needs to know what was on this computer um i think i think i know a lot of people who are that way they're like throw the laptop into the river because yeah. they're not they're not even that like crimes on it it's just like just throw it in the river save me from embarrassment please well in yeah. this case it's that <laughs> he throws it into a bathtub mm-hmm. um which i thought was funny just more uh I mean, more because I initially thought the guy was going to, like, kill himself with it. Like, you know how people, like, go, it's like they plug in a toaster and then drop it to them into a bathtub? Uh, well, that's just the thing that they that they say you can do to kill yourself. I guess it's to electrocute yourself, which is, like, it doesn't seem that efficient. Modern toasters, you can't do that, too. Um, but but I, I assumed I was like, oh, is he so, like, grief-stricken? That his friend's gonna do the like die and then also get reincarnated as something in this world. Like that was like that was a hope I had because I was so hopelessly bored with a couple of these episodes. I I do like the uh, the caption they put up with uh, when he tosses the hard drive in the bathtub where it says never. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't do this at home. Don't. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they're worried about you know uh, death. <laughs> And yeah, uh, we're, we're, exactly. jumping because we're jumping ahead because that scene occurs at the end of the episode. But what he does also say, we might as well just finish talking about fully. Uh, what he does say is that he will name his son after um, Satoru, um because, again, he saved his life. Fair. I mean, I would. If I again, if if um, uh, if I if there was a good guy with a gun, right, um, I would name my son after him. But that good guy doesn't exist. So 
Uh, well, he's too busy he yelling Dexter and then bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Good, good guy with a body uh, to, to jump in front of the knife. Anyways, uh, we then jump to the magical world. Uh, Robert, does this world even have a name? As far as I'm aware, no. Okay, then. I I didn't understand this choice. So it's like he, like as a guy, has one voice actor. And then like they have this really annoying voice actor come in and voice the slime. It was just one of those things where I guess it's like you're not human anymore, so of course you would have like a different voice. But it was also just like, oh, like that's such a weird choice. You found it a little jarring. And yeah, well, it wasn't like it didn't take me out of it. A lot of other things did, but you know, but it was just more along the lines of um, I was just like, oh, that's a that's an interesting choice. Um, I did. It was. It wouldn't be a choice I would have made personally, but I'm not. I didn't create this. This confusing world. Um, there, there's there's some other great stuff too. And in, in while while he's dying, he thinks to himself how 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 uh, in in the old days, thirty year old virgins were considered wizards. And he says that thirty seven he'd be a sage, and in a few he'd be a great sage. Which is so sad. I was like, I was like, wait, you're a virgin? Like like you're in Japan, all right? Like I think we've I've had an episode where I talked about the sex uh, stores in japan i'm like go to one of them all right like go like you know what you're a businessman you know go um go to vegas get a stripper uh slash hooker just get it it out figure it out get it done like uh like that's where i was like i was like is this for kids because i'm not sure this is for kids because he talks about how much of a virgin he is and later on he's like like and i think it's like episode seven or eight He's like, this is the closest I've been to breasts before. I'm like, what a, I was like, what a <laughs> fucking loser this character is. About, Malcolm, need, need, need I remind you that early Shonen Jump, a magazine for children, early early Shonen Jump manga featured plenty of boobs. So this is not new. No, I mean, this has been the ongoing uh, discovery of this podcast for myself of just like how like creepily horny a bunch of these guys are. And then, like, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is repeating in this because, like, there's this like these things where it's like, uh, like where you're like, I'm not convinced Fuse isn't a virgin. Like, I'm like, if Fuse is a virgin, I'm like, I could buy it. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he he is. I'm just saying that like, like he hasn't cleared himself of that moniker, if you know what I mean. If I was a betting man at the time of him starting to write this, I'd probably bet that he was. Just he was, saying. Yeah, he, yeah. He's like, I'm 37. He, I'm a virgin. Listen, Fuse <laughs> needs to give. Those are the first lines. Fuse needs to give more interviews for my research uh, sake. So the fact that he has not given too many interviews means he can't dispute any of these claims we're making. It's true. Yeah. Hey, Fuse, show <laughs> a, show your fucking face and and prove to me that you're not a virgin. Yeah. Um, we're calling you out, my friend. Which is, by the way, virginity is a trend that's also on this podcast where, people, where there are characters that use it as like a as like an insult. They're like, "Shut up, you fucking virgin!" And you're like, "What? <laughs> that's the, that, that's, that's the insult." Culture. Yeah, there's there's a lot of emphasis on, especially the stuff aimed at young adults. There's a lot of emphasis on purity and virginity, which is, as me sitting and being a almost thirty man, makes me feel weird. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, they still blur out the genitalia and porn. I'm like, you're already watching pornography. Like, you're it's we already know what's happening. You're like, the modesty is gone. All right, the modesty is over. There's no secret. I'm like, I see your tits, I see his dick, and in the minute they like it meets a hole, it's like, oh no, we have to blur it for the children. I'm like, no, you know, listen. There's porn on Reddit. There's porn on Twitter. There's porn on Pornhub. It's not hard to find anymore, all right? Stop living in fantasy land. <laughs> but I just want to, yeah. Um, but I'm just saying right now, it's um, just get a get a grip, Japan, all right? Unblur. Un, I'm, I'm, this is the hashtag the call. unblur. The call of the pot <laughs> of this episode is hashtag unblur. All right. Just so less um, people write things like that. Just yeah, so that views <laughs> can like be like, I'm not so repressed. All right. You know, it's the Christianity that's repressing me now. I'm really taking shots. I'm in a mood. I'm in a mood right now after watching this. Well, let's so, get back to the series. Let's get back to the series because if we don't, there's going to take us four hours because we've only talked about the first four minutes of the show. <laughs> and the setting. Little. Um, so our slime, he got reincarnated as a slime. He's a blind slime. He's just eating grass mindlessly. Um, he eventually learns that he can turn grass into potions, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he meets Veldora, the Dragon Lord. And Veldora uh, grants him the ability to see, which is very cool of him. And Veldora was defeated by by a brave hero, a blessed hero. And um, Veldora, Veldora is an interesting character. I like his dynamic with 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 our hero, who 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 has yet to be named yet, because again. He is this dragon lord, but he's also just, you know, really lonely. He's He's been sealed up for 300 years. Yeah, it's just like, man, like a one bull, like three random humans with some, maybe some magic. I don't know. They can, op- they can open a door, a rolling rock to get in, but he can't get out. It's what a life to be. Uh, to well, live. it was like a magic thing around him. It's it's you know MacGuffin and all that jazz. Oh, okay, okay. I guess that's true. Yeah, because he was like kind of trapped in an era, like in an, an area. I don't want to like because he was actually a character I kind of liked. I was like, oh man, okay, this is crazy. I didn't expect a dragon in this. But then, what did I really expect from a show called That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime? So. Um, did, was it reasonable to have expectations? I don't know. I, don't I, know. I mean, expectations in anime don't really go hand in hand, I'm being honest. Like, there have been many things in the past that I've watched the way I was like, that was completely different than what I was expecting. Don't get me started on the time I got scarred after watching School Days. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Veldora and our nameless slime, they eventually... they. They bond. Uh, that that's that's the slime's uh, strength. His ability to make friends, and that's going to be a recurring theme throughout the series. He's a likable slime. I'll give him that. He's likable. He's you know he. It turns out he's you know in the following episodes he's very apt in things that I would not have expected. But again, um, what do you what can you expect from a slime? I wasn't sure. Yeah, like there was almost a part of me that thought this was going to be like the blob. Like, it's just, like, the slime <laughs> that, like, slowly takes over this world. And I guess in some ways this slime is, like, the blob. But it's not, like, not, like, the blob blob. Um, and, yeah, this is, like, a fr- – it was a nice friend – yeah, so this was, like, a nice friendship. Um, yeah, so uh, the Dragon Lord Veldora, he does decide to give Satoru a new name. And he gives the, him the name Rimaru, 
to imbue him with power. And this is something we will see throughout the show, which is the power of names. And this comes back repeatedly. Mm -hmm. It's very unique to the setting. I can't think of another series that has this kind of concept. Yeah, I mean, it's reincarnation. I think the idea of like reincarnation, it's something that I'm surprised isn't done more in like just like cinema and like fiction. Because like, it is like a pretty popular one. I think a lot of people think about reincarnation at least a few times in their life. Like it's just like, oh, like I definitely have had those thoughts of like, oh, if I was reincarnated, what did I come from? And what could it, will I become next? Is this the pinnacle? Is being human, you know, the best, you know, the best uh, reincarnation you can have? I mean, you're more conscious. But I don't know. Maybe you want to be a dog. Maybe you just want to be like, you're just like, I'm happy. I'm getting fed. You know, you don't have to worry about taxes. You don't have to worry about fascism. Like, you can just be a dog, all right? Yeah, for sure. I wasn't expecting Rimuru to become this powerful. I, I was just assuming the whole show would be about him being a useless slime and just the, the joke of that, you know, slimes and video games being, like, you know, the, the level one enemy. As, as a player of Dragon Quest, I'm well familiar with the slime. Um, but no, uh, Rimuru is... Far, far from underpowered because, yeah, so they, they give each other their names and Rimuru uses his predator skill to absorb Veldora. And, yeah, he gains a bunch of cool powers. We get, like, a fun montage of him uh, basically just beating up other monsters and taking their powers. And he can also, like, transform into other monsters, too. Um, it resembles an RPG tropes. It resembles, like, the Blue Mage style of character. Blue Mage is in, like, a video game like Final Fantasy would be Characters that can't learn skills on their own, but like they can learn skills from enemies. So they're very versatile and very fun to play as. Hmm. I do like that as for the slime, where it's like you just kind of, I mean, because that's what a slime should do. Like it's like can just kind of constantly absorb the things around it. Um, and I did like that as like a feature of like, oh yeah, this this character will only get more powerful the more knowledge he or or they. I guess it's a he. I mean, at a certain point. Yeah, it's a he. We we, we can gender Rimuru as he. Yeah, it's a he. Um, So Rimuru, anyways, um, so Rimuru, he's gained some abilities, he gained some montage. And there's also uh, three heroes who kind of burst in through the door. And these three heroes are kind of, you know, your generic RPG characters. Uh, they're, They're what you would play as if you were playing the regular version of this video game effectively, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the warrior, a thief, and a mage. Yeah, the, the 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 usual trio. Yeah, I mean those are the yeah the humans, and I I like that uh, the slime is able just to sneak away from them. They like they don't even notice that the slime was there, which is kind of like a kind of a, a thing with those characters when we like re- get to know them again later on, is that they're not necessarily the smartest people around. They're like yeah, they're complaining about being tired and like yeah, they're just like not very. They're not the A team, if you will. No. Um, but then Rimuru, he meets the goblins and, you know, they, they learn that Veldora, he learns from, uh, the goblins that Veldora was the one who kept these monsters known as the direwolves at bay. And so that gives, uh, Rimuru a new goal. Uh, so, uh, we're going to move quickly. I want to kind of, uh, move through these episodes a bit more quickly, but, um, yeah, episode three is kind of Rimuru protecting the goblins and there's this big battle with the direwolves that gets solved actually pretty quickly. Uh, he brutally cuts off the head of the direwolf boss. That was so. That was the moment I was talking about earlier, where I was like, I thought this like at a certain point I'm like, is this a kids show? Because so much of this show is like 
this slime talking about like, oh, like uh, this story. Like it's like as if he's, t- he's telling a story to someone else. And I wasn't sure if he was meaning the dragon. That he's like, I will live. I will live all these adventures and then tell you the stories. Or like who he was going to tell it to later. But yeah, but this one, it's uh, that moment where the the dire wolf's like the alpha dire wolf has its head cut off. I was like, what the fuck? Like yeah. I was, That was the one moment where I was like, I think I'm in. Like, I think I'm back in because I was losing interest. And then I saw that decapitation. I was like, that is brutal. Like, it's not, they don't shy away from the gore. Yeah, you thought for a second it was going to get like, like kind of subvert expectations, get a lot darker for some reason, but kind of didn't do that. The Star Wolf is going to get like impaled. He's going to have his head cut off, and then the head's going to slowly fall off the body and then just thud to the ground. Like, it's gross. It's a gross image, and I was kind of, I was in for it. I was all for it. I felt bad for that dire wolf boss. Uh, I, I, I thought Rimuru was going to, you know, make him become his friend, but nope, he just kills him, and he's like, all right, guys, okay, can you submit to me? Because uh, he transforms into the dire wolf, and um, yeah, they, they submit to him pretty quickly. Well, I thought like the because um, there's like the sun, like the sun of that alpha. I was like, oh, there'll be like this whole plot where like the sun's like secretly like you know mad at uh, the slime, and he's gonna like you know he'll like find a way to seek revenge. But no, it's just immediately it's like you're my master now. It's like I guess it's like that dog being a dog, right? Where you're just like, well, I guess you're gonna take care of me now. And yeah, the the dire wolves end up becoming what is it the the tempest wolves. Yes, they do. So I don't know what that meant. I was like the tempest wolf. Well, but we're they do kind over of change. a little, a few. We're, we're skipping over. So, so after this whole encounter, Rimuru uh, names the goblins, and he gives each and every one of them names. Uh, I do like. Um, actually, we did kind of jump even more, even in, in a bit of uh, episode two, where where like the the old goblin leader. Uh, talks about the sob story of like you know his son who was the strongest warrior being killed by the alpha direwolf, and uh, his son's name was Rigard. And uh, when Rimuru is naming everyone, he just adds a D to the old uh, gob- goblin uh, village elder, and the, the the elder is so happy about this name. He thinks this name is so brilliant, and Rimuru is like, "What? I just added a D to your son's name." Like chill, bro, chill, <laughs> chill. It's like. <laughs> There's only so many goblin names Rimuru can uh, keep up with, and I'm surprised. I was I was surprised there wasn't a joke about how he was just naming go- giving goblins the same name at some point. Well, he literally, if you knew li- know a little bit of Japanese numbers, he was just counting them, just adding gob beforehand. Oh, f- <laughs> <laughs> I kind of I did notice that. I was like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing there. It is kind of a funny gag, and I also like that after he names everyone. He's like, I got to go to sleep for three days. Like, that just wore me out. He's like, I used all my magic. I'm going to be, a, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to bed for a couple of days. And I think, like, isn't that, like, that's, like, the moment where they flash over to, like, the computer and, and his friend, like, deleting the computer. Which I guess, like, gives the timeline of, like, oh, it's, I guess, obviously he's in a different world. He's in well, this, the, like, the, the, compu- the computer thing happens at the end of episode one. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're, we're they kind of, yeah, these these kind of things kind of blurred together. I'm going to be completely honest. Like episodes one and two really blurred together. Well, um, that, that 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 was my intent, Malcolm, because I wanted to pick two distinct arcs. And the, these, I feel these, I feel these these six episodes. There's two arcs in them. 
that uh, it, it it's very true. Um, but yeah, no. So it's yeah, I like that. Um, there there was some that there's some humor there, and then they also like the dire. We yeah, the temporal world wolves, temper tempest, tempest, tempest. Yeah, the tempest wolves. They also kind of upgraded, like everyone kind of upgraded. Uh, we didn't really elaborate on that one. Is that uh, when you name something gets more power, but if you name a monster, they evolve. So old goblins, he named like you know the fifty or sixty that he saved from the direwolves, and they all became hobgoblins. And that's kind of sort of how that works in terms of naming. And he named the, the direwolves, and they ended up becoming tempest wolves. And that's the sort of you know that's the setting. Uh, in terms of like the naming, I thought you, we, we said, you know, the village, the, the elder's name was, uh, his old son's name with a D on it, but we didn't even mention how lazy the other name was of the other son of the elder whose name was just the other son's name. <laughs> so it was Rigurd and then his son's name was also Rigurd. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh yeah, because he's like, you you honored me. You kind of named me after my son, and then it's like, you honored me. You named me after my brother. <laughs> they are the, the goblins are charming. Like they're they're so they're like kind of inept, uh, and I, I do appreciate them as just like as people. They're like they're like I can't believe they survived as long as they have. Like they don't. They're so like primitive in their like civilization. But I was also surprised that slime knew so much about like how to build uh civilization it's kind of like dr stone dr stone is like i know how to, i'll save i'll create society through science and then in this case it's like i just happen to know it which made me question of like what the guy's job was when he was alive as a 37 year old virgin but i guess if you're a 37 year old virgin you got a lot of time to research <laughs> society we he are, was, what does the Joker say? It's like, we live in a society. We live in a society. And he was doing quite well. I remembered his job. Uh, he was a construction consultant manager or something like that. He worked with construction contractors or something like that. It was like a weird throwaway line for some reason. I'm remembering it right now. So I don't know if that helps with the exposition, but sure. At the end of this episode, they were like, oh, we need, there's like traders that like, there's like, I guess there's like what are dwarves is what are, like they're like what's those bearded guys that are short? Oh, I, I, Malcolm, you're almost rushing a bit much because I want to talk. I want to talk about first of all about two two of the most improved guys. First of all, Rigard, who who is buff as shit. Yeah, he's just a bodybuilder now. He's just a bodybuilder. He looks stronger than his uh, his his uh, deceased son was, who was like the top yeah. man at the time. And also Ranga, uh, the the head of the Tempest Wolves, because Ranga is just awesome. For one thing, Ranga can talk, uh, and he is just the best doggo. He is just loyal to a fault. He he has no understanding of his power. Oh, I love him just wagging his tail and he blows down the house. <laughs> I thought that was very. Rimuru gives uh, this Goblin Society three rules. No attacking humans, no fighting amongst yourselves, and don't belittle other races because, you know, you could belittle one race, but who knows, down the road, they might become stronger than you and do the same to you, so. I appreciate I appreciate those rules. I was like, those are good rules. Like, they're, they're good society rules. I wish we lived in a society where that was... We more... live in society, you say. <laughs> <laughs> more more followed you know maybe if some if people just you know who say they follow judeo-christian values actually follow those values instead of 
Probably not. But yeah, no, going, yeah, they, it's a good doggo. It's a good doggo. I like that he has a horn for some reason. I mean, he just, he didn't have one before. He had the little star pattern on his head, but now he has just kind of a unicorn horn. I think he still has the, maybe I'm wrong. I think he's got both now, which I kind of thought was cool. Yeah, he he has the star and the unicorn horn. Where before he evolved, he only had the star on his forehead, which is you know it's like you know comparing him to all the other direwolves. It's like you know you know which one's the protagonist just just by how they look. No, but the uh, so they get all names. He has the three rules, and then he kind of figures out like, hey, like you were saying earlier, we're kind of just barely getting by. We have to you know, build houses, find food and all that jazz. And so he goes and asks them and they consult. They decide to go to the Dwarven kingdom of Dorgon. And uh, we we don't watch those episodes because I, I chose to move the focus uh, to episode <laughs> yeah. six, six to eight, uh, which, which, we, which we can call the, uh, the Shifu arc, basically. Her, because I think we find out her Japanese name was Shizue something. Uh, I okay. can't remember it right now. Yeah, I guess yeah, I forgot her name. Um, but I mean, what was interesting about episode six is that they kind of recap some of the adventures that they went on. Like there are different things that happen where they're like, oh, I remember when this thing happened. And then you kind of get a recap of what happened. Mm-hmm. Like um, there's the one guy, I forget his name, but he's like the one dwar- uh, goblin who like, didn't really transform. He kind of remained the same. Oh, uh but- Gopta or something like that. Uh, yeah, Gopta. And he's like, I guess at some point he must have been kidnapped in like a dungeon, but he like was able to like basically like just from like commanding it, was able to get his di- like temporal wolf, Tempest Wolf, sorry, to come in and like just kind of appear out of nowhere. So he's showing that off. Um, and then like we also talked, you know, we see a little bit of the like, I guess it's the dwarves with their like, you know, where you got the three like, is it four? Is it three or four of them? It's They're, four dwarves. Three of them are brothers. Yeah, that's what I figured. Where it's like you got like you know, oh, this person's good at like making armor. This person's good at making like swords. One's good at like you know decal work, and then there's like the other one. It's like the quiet one. He's an architect. <laughs> the one who is very lazily drawn. Yes, you know. So you kind of get like a lay of the land, and like they've clearly started building like a pretty ambitious like. I will say, like, a town in the middle of this, like, field that they've been occupying. And then we are, we're kind of a little brief recap, but then we were reintroduced to the three uh, adventures that we saw in the end of episode, or no, beginning of episode two, I want to say. Uh, they, have, they have, like, a confrontation or whatever with some guild master, and it doesn't go over well, which results in them uh, kind of meeting up with uh, Shizu. But yeah, then then they are attacked by the, these giant fire ant creatures. Uh, Shizu handles them, but then Rimu, Rimu uh, rescues Shizu from like a sneak attack, which kind of ties everything together. And yeah, Shizu she recognizes Rimuru as like a person from another world. And yeah, she she goes through Rimuru's memory, and this is a very funny moment where the first memory she sees is elf boobs. Yeah, the porn on his computer is what she sees. <laughs> Yeah. The thing that he threw, the reason he threw his stuff, he had his uh, kohai throw stuff into the bathtub because he did not want anyone to see that. Yeah, his his, his hentai. It's the first. It's the first thing in his mind. So clearly, clearly, he still has fond memories of it. 
<laughs> we all have that one thing we think back fondly on. <laughs> yeah, for him, it's just like, ah, oh, oh, the hentai. You know, there's there's also some beauty in Rimuru's memories because Shizu's able to uh, to see what modern Tokyo was like. Yes, because she was originally her earliest, her earliest uh, that we were introduced to her. She's literally surviving the firebombing of of Japan, of Tokyo. Yeah, like she's in war torn Japan when she's you know summoned to this world, this mm-hmm. nameless world that we're in. Which I'm kind of surprised by that they like didn't name the world. Like I know we t- touched on it earlier, but I was just like, oh yeah, like they really like. Just they're like, oh, we're not going to tell you. But I guess it's not that important because it not. has it has a, uh, shades of being on like like Earth from a different era. You know, per- perhaps knowing the importance of names, maybe this world will get a name by the end of the series. Who knows? It's one of those things. What was the planet called before? You know, we even mapped all of it. I don't think you know. I, I don't know my history well enough to know, but I don't know when we kind of agreed to start calling Earth, Earth. It's kind of an important question. Well, you, yeah, it doesn't start until at least we we, we get the, um, you know, the was it the Roman gods or the Greek gods? That, they're basically the same thing. Yeah, they're like, once those gods are named, that's when, like, we kind of get an English version of it. But it's, you know, it's one of those things that we'll probably... We'll need to decolonize our minds as to how we named planets at some point. <laughs> decolonize, uh, yeah. <laughs> flashback to Shizu's past. So some evil wizard man offered her body to Ifrit, uh, which is what started all her troubles. Yeah, that this part of it was, uh, it's like, I was in that, and I was just sort of like, okay, now there's this wizard, and I don't care about him. He's, he's like, he he's seems like the... He seems like the least interesting version of uh, Dio, right? I'm just like, this guy, like, wishes he was Dio. Like, Dio, like... Let's face it, Malcolm. Few anime villains compared to Dio. Like, we, you, you peaked too early when it came to anime it's villains. Not, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. I guess I'm just like, um, you know, I'm just like, this guy, like, I don't know what his motivation is. It's just like, he's just like you know again creepy with this girl where it's like you are the chosen one and it's like okay and then you know she obviously becomes binded to him or to some other like yeah because there's a guy who looks like a bird i'm gonna say like michael keen's bird man uh <laughs> he emerges from like some portal and he's like, I'm going to fight you. And then, like, I for- I was so confused by that whole sequence. Well, the kind of it, the way it goes down is that she's summoned, like, in the middle of burning alive, the firebombing of Tokyo. And so she's summoned, like, just covered in burns and asking for help. And he's, he's you know, does the anime villain thing. She's like, oh, she's useless. And then she's they're like, wait a second, I can do this. And he like has his a fire spirit buddy that he kind of just puts into her. And then all of a sudden this bird guy, which I don't think it was in the manga. I don't remember reading it. If it was, I didn't actually get that far, but, uh, and then so she just freaking destroys him. And then we see it's hinted at that he's controlling her. Is she, so is that demon, was that person on Earth or was it on this world? Like, I was confused by, like, where where that, like, it's that interaction has to start on Earth, right? Well, she's summoned in the middle of the firebombing 
to this nameless world. And that's where the uh, the Leon demon lord magic guy is. Also, is this the episode where, like, at the beginning of it, you've got the our three, like, you know, like, kind of bumbling... Um, Adventure types. Adventurers. And they're like, that's when they're complaining about how tired they are. They're like, he won't... Three days? Yeah. They get three I, days I, off. You know, it's like, I'm so tired. Hey, man, adventuring is uh, is tiring, bro. It's tough work. Oh, no, I I was on their side. I was like, this fucking guy is a dick. Give him the time <laughs> off. You know what? Give your... this is, Listen, give your employers some employees some time off. It'll benefit you. You want happy employees, happy workspace, all right? Or, or it, it's actually kind of crappier because I think of the timeline, if we think about it, they've been gone for like months. Give them a month off. Get, yeah. get, let, let them drink. Let them fucking party. <laughs> let them dull party. their memories. Yeah. What is the what was the show we watched a couple of weeks ago, Jack? The um um the, with uh with Jason? Uh Black Lagoon. Yeah, Black Lagoon. I'm like, give them get let them go do some Black Lagoon shit and just fuck up a bar. <laughs> like that's what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, three days. Uh, aye, aye, aye. So episode seven, we we get our we get our she's she's away flashback, and man, she's she's lived a pretty shitty life. Um, They're like, oh, the she got separated from the mama, and I'm like, oh my god, is this a Bambi situation? And then now Bambi's dead. Yeah, I mean, when we first when Dreamiru first meets her, I think it's implied that she's very old. She looks young because of the elemental fire thing inside of her, but she's. You know she's she she she's she's tacked on a couple miles, but no, um, yeah, the, the, so yeah, Shizu she goes into convulsions and she turns into Efrid and summons a bunch of minions, and it's a struggle. Even like Rimuru can't really defeat the these uh, minions that Efrid has summoned, uh, but he does notice something that uh, the mage Aaron her like uh, her ice attacks are damaging the minions, just not as much. So he makes he does this clever thing where he gets Aaron to launch an ice attack against himself and then he absorbs that ability and then basically turns it into like an ice shotgun blast. That's what I want Mr. Freeze to have. Like you know, give him a, a shotgun but it just shoots out icicles. Like that's that's like Mr. Freeze level fun. He's got a very tragic backstory that they did not use at all when well, Arnold Schwarzenegger played. Well they did use it. They just did it in the most campy way possible. That's I guess that's true. There's there's a very like human way to do it too, and I suspect they'll do it in the new the Batman series. They certainly yeah. trivialized it quite a bit. Time to f- I can't. I'm not even. Gonna Ice, do to it. Ice, <laughs> Ice to see you. Ice to see you. Ice to see you. The minions are all die. They they died of the shotgun blast. No, all that's left is Rimuru and Ifrit. The adventurers kind of got beat the beat the f out, uh, and they're off to the side. They they've evacuated with most of the village because at this point they're just tearing up the village that they're you know they were just building up, which is kind of a waste. Um, and so he fights Ifrit. He seems like he's about to die. He's trapped in like this weird firepower, and then he's like, "Oh, the being all dramatic, like, oh no, I'm gonna die." And I'm like, "Oh wait, I'm immune to fire. That was one of my wishes that I had when I die was heat uh, nullification or something like that." And so eventually, he eats. He uses his ability to eat Ifrit, and he goes inside of him and becomes kind of consumed by his predator skill 
which then he meets in his stomach, da, 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 Veldora. Yeah, that's I did like Veldora's return because I'm like, because I think there's that implication throughout this series that Veldora is going to be released from the stomach. Like, it's not like he's been consumed and he's gone. It's that, like, he's kind of holding on to Veldora because, you know, he's helping his friend. Because he doesn't know what Veldora did. I mean, Veldora may have, you know, been, uh, let's just say, ostracized. Um, I think it's explained that he just blew up a town. Yeah, like it was like his punishment didn't fit the crime. We could talk about the you know <laughs> the legal implications of that later. You know, the, you know, the, the national you know jail um, complex or whatever the hell it's called, but um, <laughs> I forgot the name right now. But prison industrial complex, prison yeah, industrial works. complex, as you know. As seen through uh, Barbados, was his name Barbados? No, that's a country. Um, Meldora? Mel- Meldora? Is that the name of the dragon? Valdora Tempest, I think was the Valdora, name. Valdora, yeah, Valdora. Um, that's, that feels like, yeah, Valdora's, Valdora as a victim of the, uh, uh, what is it? The, the prison the, industrial industri- complex. Yeah, that, it's, you know some freshman in like in an anime studies class wrote that paper. <laughs> like, oh, you probably. Know. He's a victim of the street, three strikes laws in, in America. You know, once, you know, you might have had two weed charges and, and you know, you know went shoplifting, but hey, you're, you're, you're a lifer now. Have fun. Yeah, listen, and if you haven't re- uh, written that paper and you're listening to this podcast, write it, all right? I'm giving you permission. I wrote in my film studies program, I definitely wrote some pretty bullshit essays and got A's for it. So I'm given one freebie. But yeah, anyways, it's yeah, it's like he's gone. But then, you know, obviously um the girl, you know, she's very weakened by the fact that, you know, she's this demon was in her and she also wants to die. She wants the right to die. Yeah, it's this the, the whole Shizu arc is a bummer, man. It's a real bummer. <laughs> I actually had like I had a little bit of a heartstringy pulled moment the the one where you know she's in his stomach and basically just kind of I guess heaven I don't know it's like she meets her mom again it was just like oh that's that's sweet that that that's nice and this is something we'll we'll see throughout the series of of characters who who um Rimuru consumes where they kind of have their redemptive moments uh in Rimuru's stomach uh, which sounds weird, but the show does manage to play it off in some really um, heartstringy ways for me. I, th- this whole arc, I mean, that's going back to Violet Evergarden. I was like, okay, I want to pull a Violet Evergarden with the show where we, you know, we watch three silly episodes and then three, three brutal ones. I will say for her, for her, she she really was like a very like character, and I I did feel bad. It's like, but you know, she starts off, she's just like had kind of this horrible existence. And we find out in like kind of her last episode that we or the last episode we watched here. Yeah, she's lived this really long life. I think we, you were talking about it earlier, where it's just like you know she's she appears to be young, but she's definitely not. Uh, I mean, she's got to have lived as long as like you know at least till the modern age. Um, com- uh, you know, considering the reincarnation. Well, well actually, I mean, Feldora was, and you know, we were dicing around this in the beginning of the episode podcast but you know she was the one who sealed veldora uh, uh no actually or, or, or no or was it the no. person who or was it the person who she met who sealed veldora yeah it's kind of explained in her backstory that eventually oh, the, gotcha. hero... the hero gotcha so there yeah. all right thanks for the clarification 
Yeah, the hero went and fought uh, the demon lord that had summoned her, ended up the hero freed her from that, and that's why she's no longer hung around that dude. And uh, so and then we get later on that she's lived her basically her entire life as an adventurer and just, you know, that's where after a while, if she's losing control of her powers, that's where we meet her in the series. Yeah, because I know there was some of that connection. But even then, she has this... I no point did I ever really view her as like some sort of really truly villainous character because it's not like that was what she was that was like she lost control of that those abilities and she did try to work as hard as she could to suppress them at some point like in her like talk she talks about having all these students and like that's how like she recognized that he was from you know from a different world than uh, her own because you know he met, made this reference to some, I guess it's some sort of video game or movie that another kid makes, which implies that like there's more people who've been reincarnated and have been sent to this world, or like kind of like her, just kind of taken, like she just kind of vanished. Yeah, I think it's a Dragon Quest reference. Is it a Dragon Quest reference? I, I don't know. Dragon Quest slimes are very prevalent, but I'm not. Don't quote me on that. Is this it? Well, the, the slimes are the mascot of Dragon Quest. Yeah, so, and then, you know, they also, she references that one of like, now the head of all the guilds. They sat, was I correct on that assessment? Like, I was confused, I was, I guess I was like... Oh, I know what you're talking about. One of the students she raised ended up becoming, like, the head honcho of most of the guilds on the continent, is the, what she explained it as. Yeah, I kind of viewed him as, like, a president-prime minister figure that she kind of helped. Yeah, so, yeah. So- yeah. So this whole thing starts with, yeah, uh, a dying Shizu telling Rimuru about her encounter with a hero who, who wore the mask she would later wear. And this mask is given to Shizu, and it basically helps her suppress Ifrit. And yeah, basically the mask was what was helping her utilize the power. And thanks to this encounter with the hero, it inspired her to start the school. And, and the school does play a role in future episodes. And the thing is, even after, you know, Shizu's out of the picture, she's, she's never really out of the picture. Rimuru's whole thing after this encounter is basically to continue her life's work. And, you know, she's, she inspires him. And we've kind of been dancing around the fact, but he, you know, you want to say it, Jack, what, what Rimuru does after? Uh... He consumes her and, uh, and gets a human body. Yeah, kind of an, an androgynous younger version of Shizu, which I thought was, you know, okay. Yeah, that's where, like, it, you get into that they territory. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah. Now it's, like, this really, like, ambiguous, almost non-binary space for this character. But, I mean, it's like, why are we putting a binary on slime? It is a slime, yeah. Slime. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about earlier, like, oh, how, oh, he's going to get, you know, comfortable with all the girls. With what? He's got to, yeah, he's just like, I've, I've got to consume this penis so I can have and, one. And Reamer is pretty chill about all things considered. Yeah, why not? You know, what is he going to do? Like, oh, yeah, I'm a slime. You want to go to the, you want to get a drink sometime? Yeah. I mean, again, he makes the comment at one point where when he's close to her that it's like, oh, boobs, but. But, you know, but that, outside of that, it's actually, he's more caring about her. Like, it's definitely, like, he apologizes right after. So he consumes her. She's like, you know, the other people all come in because it's like, oh, well, check on the patient. You know, the whole town's mm-hmm. three adventurers and, like, you know, um, you know, kind of the elder um, goblin. They all kind of come in to check in and she's already dead. And I like that he is apologizing. And initially, I was like, oh, man, they're going to, like, end this with him 
kind of being a villain of being like, why did you do that? Like, you didn't have the right to do it. But they're all like, no, I understand. Like, she was dying. And I wish I could have been there. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. It was very, you know. Not, maybe not totally deserving. I think there might have been a better story if there's a little bit more drama in that regards, but kind of for the sake of the story. And uh, our three heroes, our three generic heroes, they, they they get a nice reward. They get some new armor. And then this episode ends with a very intriguing tease. Um, it's like a little Marvel-style cliffhanger of this kind of like pig man who's dying in the desert before this weird wizard um, approaches him. And uh, offers him a name, a new name. Again, the power of names. So, so in this series, we've seen the the positive power of names, and now we're gonna see uh, the devastating power of names. Yeah, I, I guess. I, yeah, I was like, oh, and then it's like at this wizard was also it's like you can call me father, and I was just like, you should have just said daddy. Oh, yes, <laughs> I was gonna say that. You were so close. You're so close. We're almost there. But no, it's like you can call me father. And, and then he eats like a pit, like a heart. Like that's what the uh, last a chunk of meat. But yeah. Oh, maybe it was a chunk of meat. I, exactly for some reason, I was just some reason I was like, I think he like throws just like a heart at him. And I was like, oh, this is even like grosser. So maybe I'm just going to stick with that theory. It was a heart of some sort. Or was it like, because he's a pig man. Did he offer him like pig, like pork? We're, we're, um, sure. Actually, you know, on that subject about him being a pig man, okay, the animation with the nails. Did you notice his nails? The, pig, no. the orc guy's nails? They're hooves. Okay. They were little hooves, and I did not like that. That that put me in like a weird headspace looking at this guy eating meat with like hoof hands, hoof hoof fingertips. That was weird. Oh, that is, it's you know how like there's that fear people have where. It's like, I forget what it's, it is, but it's like that thing of just like open holes. Like oh, um, like a close up photo of a tryptophobia. Yeah, tryptophobia. I'm like, I feel like that kind of plays in that tryptophobia uh, element. But he just. It's like little hooves. I'm like, oh. Yeah, big hooves for nails. I didn't like that. Hooves for nails. It's just, that's the name of some heavy metal band. Hooves for nails. I think I think we're ready to move on to our favorite segment, the uh, the Robert E.O. Speedwagon Award. <laughs> uh, cue the theme song, Sasha. Speedwagon, 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 Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. So for those of you uh, not in the know, the Robert E.O. Speedwagon is our favorite uh, supporting character in in this series that we've covered. Uh, I got my Speedwagon. I'll start first. Mine is Ragna. Uh, Ranga. Uh, he's a good doggo. I just love him. I love, I love how the voice actor uh, portrays him as just like this excitable little doggo. Uh, we don't get a ton of them, but again, it's enough. And, and you know, Rimuru rides him. He, he's, he's a good boy. Uh, you know what I'm going to say? Like, yeah, I didn't like a lot of the characters. I didn't what? particularly care for the show. But I will say, Jack, I'm with you on this. I am a big Rongo fan. He was the best character, side character. He, well, they're like the main characters were fine. But I, I he thought he was great. I mean, you, I always I like a like a kind of like a servant dog. And there's somebody being like, Master, what do you mean? And it's like, you know, and just his like kind of fear all the time. It's like there's this one moment where um, 
uh, I guess slime transforms into this like androgynous form. And he's like, of course I would have known what my master looks like, even if he doesn't look like what I remember him to. <laughs> I was like, I love that line. That was very funny. So yeah, I'm with you, Jack. I think uh, I'm on the same page for this show. My favorite part would probably, well, my favorite character would probably be Valdora. Just, just the, the first introduction of him. He's just, he was such an interesting character in like the start of uh, an anime that didn't really, it was a little slower. And so he, he was kind of like a necessary sort of, I'm cool, but also a comic relief sort of thing. And the fact that he just, you know, he doesn't have, like every single time he's up to 11, he's got no, like, there's no lower setting on him. He's either screaming or just kind of like, oh, you, you want to be my friend? Um, okay. <laughs> it was just very enjoyable. Uh, I think that's good. Final thoughts on uh, Slime. I still, I still don't believe that you didn't enjoy this, Malcolm, because you, you still, you were still very engaged in this conversation. So I'm still in disbelief that you didn't like it as much. <sighs> I, I don't believe that I don't believe you can engage in this conversation as much as you could have if you didn't like this show. As that much, much as you have, certainly. I mean, is it is it tell us is it if it, is it more of a you don't want to like it or is it you just didn't like it? Um, I'm a professional and I keep I keep the conversation going. I'm flat because <laughs> I flash back to when our Mobile Suit Gundam episode where we literally did not talk about the show for like 20 minutes. That is that is true. <laughs> We did some tangents this episode, uh, yes. So I do. I um, I just for me, I you know what it was. It was uh, like I said, I wanted it to be weirder. I also just have like a natural, uh, like just I don't really like fantasy stuff. I've never really bought into it. I couldn't get into Game of Thrones. I wasn't. I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. Every time I've watched Lord of the Rings, I've fallen asleep. Wow, uh, <laughs> it's gonna. Be you know, people. I'm not it's like gonna trigger so many people who listen to this show. <laughs> God, we might have to rethink our friendship here, Malk. <laughs> I'm just not a big like, yeah. Like I don't, you know, I'm, I haven't read a Terry Pratchett novel, right? I've like, I've, I know Wheel of Time is coming out on Amazon. I'm like, I'm not gonna watch it. Like I'm just like, uh, you know, did I watch The Witcher on Netflix? No. Like you know, it's just, I just, it's not for me. And I and I have to accept that about myself. It's like I'm not a big fan, you know. So it was just like that whole world. I just never bought into. I wanted it to like I was looking forward to because it, it has like one of the best names of a show we've covered so far, which is like that time I got reincarnated as a slime. I'm like that's such a funny name, like it's such a, like a great so specific or something. I want maybe I was expecting something more along the line of like Kafka is like metamorphosis, and it's just like oh, wow. weird like you know comedy absurdist comedy. Like that's maybe what I wanted more from it. Like I just I wanted it to be weirder than it is, and it's kind of like a standardish fantasy show but it happens to have this like extra element of this like slime that can kind of absorb and become more powerful as it like learns um and then i was also just kind of taken back by like the tone where i was just like ah it's it's not very funny it's like not very actiony it's not like you know it's just and I really, really, and we didn't talk a lot about it this episode. I really hated all the, like the voiceover stuff. There is a lot of exposition in this series, and if you if you don't have a lot of patience for that, I can totally understand why you yeah. kind of be turned well, off by I, it. I think I might have liked it more as a read. Like I think like the way like that stuff is done. If it was if I was reading it, like maybe as a light novel or as a manga, I'd be more into it. 
But it just is like, as an adaptation and like hearing it, I was kind of like, who are you talking to? Like, are you talking to yourself? Who are you talking to someone else? Like, there's this like element to like the all that voiceover where it felt like it was directed to someone, but they never really clearly defined who that person was. Or if that was like, if it was me as an audience member, or if it was like another character or like, or if this is like, oh, I'm writing, like, this is like in the past where it's like, this time I did this thing. And then like the episode happens. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, like, I'm, I, I've been surprised with this, this whole podcast where there's been so many uh, shows and movies where I've been like, walked away. I'm like, wow, this was great. Like, this was fantastic. It's like, this is actually one of the blue rare the rare episodes, I have to admit, and almost unfortunately, uh, that I just, yeah, this was not for me. Like it's, uh, as you know, as sad as that is to say, <laughs> and I hope that uh, I didn't offend too many people there. But it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can almost take a midpoint. I mean, I watched the first season. I enjoy the show. I'm not sure how the premise can extend itself so far, considering how much, how much spinoff material there is, and um, you know, the the second season is going to be finished. I haven't watched any of the second season, so I'm curious to see just where the premise takes itself, because I do feel this is a show where you could kind of wrap it up somewhat quickly, and the fact that there is so much of it, I'm like, oh, all right, is 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 this going to be a show? Even something like Death Note, where I felt it like petered out after 15 episodes and started spinning its wheels uh, to some degree. So I've got my own misgivings. Uh, Dr. Stone, I think, is a similar show to this, which I ended up just preferring more. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a fun light show. I think Green is uh, cool. And you know, I, I like RPG parodies. So I, it appealed to me in that regard. Uh, I, my final kind of wrap up with the show is that I like what you kind of, you know, kind of availed to a little bit earlier. It's, it's much better. Like I said, the pacing kind of crawls at certain points. It's a lot better as a reading thing on your own time, in my own personal opinion. I was kind of pleasantly surprised by some of the animation. Like I, I know most of the story. I went, I knew most story going in. So I was less paying attention to, you know, specific dialogue and, you know, the kind of characters I was more kind of paying attention to the voice acting, the animation and the overall pace of the show. And I thought that in some places the anime did it, uh, did, did it some favors and a lot of other places it didn't i can understand why this series is so popular and i'll and it, you know as a sort of a guilty pleasure it's it i find it enjoyable but also i'm getting older i'm this stuff is less appealing to me and so certainly nowadays i wasn't as into it as i would have been when i was even like 22 or 25 even it's just it's it's changed my perspective has changed and therefore my enjoyment of something like this also has changed cool yeah i think that that kind of covers it for slime so it it's it's funny that malcolm says he doesn't like fantasy uh because we're we're covering heyo miyazaki's classic fantasy epic uh princess mononoke next week with returning guest kyle bottom this is going to be funny. Uh, I'm really excited to cover it. It's going to be a very epic history segment because that film, just a lot that went on. But yeah, no, I, it'll be a really fun episode. I've, I've been very excited to cover this movie. And yeah, uh, that'll be a good one. Malcolm, do you want to tell the... F- yeah, so well, I'll start off with uh, Rob Wood. Is there any like social media 
that you want to plug right now? Are you on social media? Well, I don't really have anything specific to plug right now. And my I usually keep I don't usually go on social media. My social media is private. But uh, I mean, I, I consider myself kind of a, a writer with a real job. So maybe one day I'm in the process of a few projects that I'd like to one day get out. So if you guys would have me another time, maybe next time I can I can plug something. All right. That sounds good. It's funny. My uh, creative writing, one of my creative writing professors used to say, it's like with writers, you know, that's like, no, I'm a writer, but in my spare time, I have a job. Uh, exactly. and, I've always, and I've always loved that. Uh, all right. That makes sense. Uh, perfect. Uh, Jack, where, people, where can people find you? On Twitter, you can find me at OnlyRealJackM. And on on Instagram, you can find me at uh, JackIsJack. Uh, follow the pod. Comment on our podcast uh, at is this anime pod on both Twitter and Instagram, leave us comments. Uh, definitely uh, leave us reviews and interact with us on our, on our memes because we definitely want to get to know you and all that stuff. Exactly. Uh, you know, I think uh, word of uh, mouth, you know, helps a little podcast like us. Uh, so yeah, just leave a review. Uh, tell your friends about this. You know, we're just a little train kind of pushing ourselves up the hill. If you want to find me, I'm uh, on Instagram at Malcolm RJ McLeod. Uh, as I established last episode, I technically have a Twitter uh, with the same name, uh, but I have locked myself out. It's linked to an old email address that I do not have access to. So I don't know what the password is. So you can follow it if you want, but it's a dormant account for all intents and purposes. Uh, anyways, uh, this has been uh, the time I got reincarnated as a slime. Uh, thank you very much. And remember that Japan needs to unblur. Okay, thank you very much. Later, Parabums. Bums.